Welcome to Wallowing in the Shallows, the podcast that skirts the perilous drop-off of a deep dive into television and movies. We are academic nerds aspiring to become TV and movie geeks. There are no spoiler guards in the shallows, so listen at your own risk. This week, join us for a wallow in Good Omens Season 2. peeps welcome to wallowing in the shallows this is tori and this is rebecca and we are talking about good omens season two episode four chapter four the hitchhiker featuring the minis minisode nazi zombie flesh eaters <laughs> yeah, it's quite the mouthful for a title <laughs> quite the mouthful and interesting that they go they're going into the zombie realm Yes, I want to say I'm ambivalent about it, but I'm actually, I didn't really care for it. I didn't really either. I felt it was a real departure. I I don't know why they explored this avenue. It just mm -hmm. felt like suddenly we were in Walking Dead, but kind of hiding some of the grossness, but still enough grossness. I don't know. I yeah. didn't, I didn't love it. And I so love the guy who plays Sherlock's brother. Right, I right, loved yeah. seeing him back, but this whole zombie thing just struck me not well. Yeah, I didn't care for it. I thought it was kind of hokey. Well, yeah, hokey. It's low-hanging fruit. It's um it it just didn't it took me away. It took me out of the story more than putting me into the story. Yes. And I didn't feel like there was enough payoff. I didn't, unlike last episode in my second watch, when I felt like I gleaned a bunch more. Right. I didn't get that this time in yeah. terms of depths, maybe because there's not much to research about zombies that is factual. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get. I keep coming back to kind of the low-hanging fruit. It seemed like the easy way to fill stuff, mm -hmm. and it wasn't. I, 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 I think it probably could have been executed better. But I mean, mm -hmm. all they did was lurch around. We don't actually see them eat brains. I mean, I did appreciate the way they did that oh, when God, they would shoot too. the zombie attacks. But all they did was lurch around, and. I, I at some point made the connection to, you know, three zombies, three stooges, especially after the one zombie puts on like the Groucho glasses and and yes. notes and mustache. And I was like, well, I got to say, the three stooges are a hell of a lot more funny than these three zombies are. And they didn't advance the story. I mean, they twist a ring and Fur Fur yeah. comes up and takes a picture. Yes. Yeah, I, it's it's lame. It was just really lame for me. I agree. Really, the piece that I liked was the the deepening of the relationship between Aziraphale and Crawley here. Mm -hmm. That was my favorite part of this episode. Right. But I didn't feel like we learned a whole more whole lot more about the mysteries we're right. in the middle of. There's only right. two episodes left. Right. So this is my least favorite episode of the season thus far by quite a bit. I would say it's my least favorite episode of the series so far. Completely agreed. Shall we do the IMDb summary? 
Yes. Do you have it up? Because once again, I forgot. <laughs> I do. And it's incredibly short. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is from IMDb. Aziraphale's good deed proves to be a serious mistake. In 1941, Crawley and Aziraphale encounter some surprising adversaries. Full stop. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I think got... this, I think this summarizer didn't have, didn't care to say much about this episode either. <laughs> it sounds like it. Wow. That's might be the shortest one we've had yet. Yes. I did still take a lot of notes, but not near as many as I have in previous episodes. Yeah. Well, that'll make the editing easier at the, in the end, won't it? <laughs> yes. But it might not be as fun an episode, but sorry we're gonna do our best <laughs> yeah yeah well I did so like let's their, get started yeah i did like their choice of moonlight serenade by glenn miller <laughs> yes agreed like that song and, and we do again find out that Azarafel really does not like bebop <laughs> <laughs> yes he sure doesn't yeah. did you notice the bullet holes in the window i did not yeah i'm pretty sure that there are bullet holes in the driver's side window, which I know that car has been through a ton, but I didn't think we had any shooting since season one. Huh. I don't remember seeing them. Okay. At well, all. Maybe I miss, maybe I miss saw, but I think there's bullet holes in huh. that, or at least when we were in the dark. Anyway. Bullet holes in the car windshield. Uh, in the window, the driver's side window. Oh, driver's side window. Yeah, I didn't okay. notice them. Well, we won't. We'll say no more about it if it doesn't come up again sometime in the future. Say no more. Say no more. So we have shacks. So our, our hitchhiker, mm -hmm. named in the title, mm -hmm. is shacks trying to get some intel. Yes. When, that, when they first showed the face of the girl that was the hitchhiker... That we first yes. see, I had to do a double take because at first I thought it was Felicia Day. <laughs> oh my gosh, at first I thought it was Liv Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Those two very different actors. <laughs> yes. I was quickly disavowed of yeah, my <laughs> confusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh wait, well that's actually Shax. I mean, you knew it had to be somebody in the supernatural realm as they kept showing up as he was driving along yes and i do think one thing significant here i do think as opposed to crawley when crawley's in the car she can just pop in whenever she wants i think aziraphale had to let her in oh yeah yeah because she can't go into the bookshop right i would have thought though since it's crowley's car that she would bring up a good point pop in anytime but it must be because Aziraphale was in the car, yes. she couldn't just pop in. You bring up a good point, though, about it already having permission, but not sure. But it seemed like she needed him to invite her yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, because she's already been in that car, right? Haven't we seen her in Crowley's car before? And she's just appeared. Absolutely, yeah. we've seen her in Crowley's car. And yeah. I don't believe he invited her. Well, she probably wanted to you know she's trying to eke information out of him so maybe she thought if she just popped in that would put him too much on his guard but she very quickly turns into shacks she does and pretty much says you're gullible i knew you'd let somebody in who needed help <laughs> yeah yeah 
I yeah I don't know it's just just one of the first things about this episode I'm like okay yeah but she figures out from Aziraphale's inability to really tell a lie well yes (laughs) that Gabriel is in the book shop yes I thought some other interesting things from this conversation is mm-hmm. it does seem to be that word on the street is Aziraphale and Crowley had some sort of romantic thing going on, yes. something beyond just a friendship that rumors yes. out there. Yes. And we get the first mention of Furfur. Yes. And so Furfur will, of course, take center stage in just a little bit, but yeah. she does allude to the fact that they were kind of his chance to make the big time and didn't work out for him. Yeah. I wonder if Furfur is supposed to be a, a clever, air quotes, <laughs> take yeah. on Furrer. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. It's an interesting question. There was quite a bit. There were some smatterings of German throughout the episode, so that kind mm. of would, would certainly fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do that- you have anything else before the intro credits i don't i don't okay so i did notice i and now i know i want to go back and look at the other episodes that have the minisodes in them which i think is all of them isn't it (laughs) um but this minisode was was not written by gaiman did you notice Uh, i didn't but that would explain a lot yeah it was written by two other people a guy by the name of Jeremy Dyson, and then another one by Andy Nyman. Well, I hope they're not responsible for the last episodes because I didn't love it. I didn't yeah. love it. Yeah, I do want to go back and uh, and check the other episodes and see if those minisodes had different authors as well. Mm-hmm. It could definitely account for the, the big change in tone. Yes. So... There are a few things I'd like to note from okay. the introductory credits, okay. and they will will cover them as we continue. But the spider makes sense now. The spider the big, makes sense now? There's a big spider in the sort of hell sequence in the intro, and we see that big spider in this episode. <laughs> like... Where is the big spider in this episode? Okay, so when, do you remember the scene when they're they're kind of going through hell? I mean, there's like lava on both sides. There's sort of these mountains and the people are walking through. Anyway, there's a hellscape. Bit. Okay. And in some mountains in the background, a gigantic spider climbs down the mountain. Oh, okay. Yes. I Okay. I didn't n- notice it in the opening credits and... As you were speaking, it finally popped back into my mind where we see the spider in this episode. Duh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, he's in the opening credits as well. Okay. And also, certainly we see a plane drop a bomb. Yes. In the opening credits. So that is connected here. And there's also quite a bit of magic stuff. Some white rabbits. And we actually Crowley is in his kind of magician's cape right in front of a curtain with oh. i'm not crawley aziraphale okay. he's with crawley as well but aziraphale's wearing the magic cape okay. and our ladies of camelot mm-hmm. those dancers and 
as we have confirmed in previous episodes, the marquee is updated to say the Nazi zombie flesh eaters mm-hmm. and the scene on the movie theater picture is our three Nazis prior to zombification. <laughs> and I also spotted for the first time that at least at one point when we see the dirty donkey in the introduction introduction credits, uh-huh. The reg- resurrectionist pub sign, that sign, the side with Jesus on it in uh-huh. front of Lazarus's tomb, uh-huh. that is right next to the dirty donkey. Oh, Clearly, really? they are not right next to each other in the, in the universe show. here, yeah. but they yeah. put those two pubs together. Oh. And that's all I had for the opening okay. credits today. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I still haven't done my deep dive. I'm, I'm waiting for whatever reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But you've given me stuff to make sure I look for when I Keep do my out. deep dive. Yeah. Um, but then we're back in uh, London in 1941. We sure are. That same scene from season mm-hmm. one. So mm-hmm. I, I did like the continuity there. Unlike, yeah. clearly, you're right. Shax is unrecognizable as Madam Tracy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because Aziraphale has no recognition of her as the other person so i think you're right i think they just wanted to use miranda richardson again Mm -hmm. madam tracy was done so they gave her a new role so yeah i'm i'm letting that horse lie (laughs) (laughs) nice i thought that mark martin sheen whoa where that where did that come from i do not know Michael <laughs> uh, Zerafel, I like the look he gives Crowley as he's walking away, you know, after he finds out Crowley saved the books too. And there's yes. a real kind of almost dying awareness, like, oh my goodness, I think I might love you. <laughs> Definitely. This is again the part of the episode I enjoyed mm-hmm. is having a little more insight into these. We we haven't yet had confirmed that they have any sort of, I don't know, romantic relationship, mm-hmm. but we're definitely seeing the deep affection for yes. one another. Yes, absolutely. And we get the, the clues that the Nazis are going to become zombies when we see one is still alive. And here's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then we're in hell. Is this the first time we actually see fire in hell with the tea? I think I think that's possible. I don't remember. We have talked before about not seeing much heat mm-hmm. or fire or any mm-hmm. heat or fire imagery. I felt mm-hmm. like with the little spider video, which is very low quality, there mm-hmm. may have been some fire in there as well. Mm-hmm. But I think you're right. I think this is the first burning imagery we've yeah. encountered. Maybe it's just the the waiting room entrance way to hell is cold. And once people go down those tubes, yes. they end up in fiery hells. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. I feel like this is a depot station. Mm-hmm. This is where hell's management does its business. I think mm-hmm. you're absolutely right that we are not really seeing the eternal torment. This is the first episode where we get some insight into the eternal torment of the dead who are in hell. Yeah. We've just seen these administrators and demons. Yeah. Yeah. 
but I imagine I, getting processed through there takes a heck of a lot of time <laughs> and and starts the whole uh eternity in hell process exactly as indicated by that guy's voice now of course during world war ii and the nazi era maybe they were a little busier than usual (laughs) (laughs) had a lot more hellgoers named otto (laughs) that was funny yeah (laughs) yeah that was that was funny part i did laugh at that so yeah i thought Shax had a real spock haircut a real vulcan type do going on i was almost startled to not see her have pointy ears (laughs) (laughs) hadn't uh really thought about that but now that you mentioned it (laughs) next time you see it other than the bangs i'm not saying the Uh bangs but when we've seen female vulcans that sort of plastered against the head and the way it was cut around the ears was very female vulcan to me or male vulcan i mean both (laughs) right right I guess I get more of a flapper vibe from it, but I like okay. your interpretation better. <laughs> flapper, a flapper would be a little more time appropriate, <laughs> but I couldn't help it. The Vulcan jumped right into my head. <laughs> That's probably one of the funnier things from this episode. <laughs> Were you familiar with the term climbing the greasy pole? No. Is it a thing? It is. I thought maybe it was a hellish interpretation of climbing the corporate ladder. Right. But apparently it's a real British Britishism. Oh, what is it? That mean? it is like climbing the corporate ladder, oh, okay. but it's British. And I think in lower level things as well. I mean, usually you think of climbing the corporate ladder as sort of higher administration or right. that kind of thing. Right. So I think it's any sort of upward, you know, attempts at upward mobility. Huh. I never heard of that before. Nor did I. Hmm. I mean, I understood the context of it, but didn't even write it down. <laughs> yeah. I did start to wonder, of course, why Shax is so willing to help Furfur. Yes. And we never, or at least we don't get an outright answer to that still left to make inferences about it at the end of the episode i don't understand her deep-seated desire to bring down crowley like where it comes from but clearly it's been going on for a while he she she's out to ensnare him yeah and she does end up getting his job but right. apparently that's not enough. She wa- she just has big aspirations and she sees Crawley's destruction as her way to it, is yeah. what I think. Yeah, I wonder if they were also in the same legion mm-hmm. in heaven. I guess, I don't know, maybe we'll find out. But she does so, I was going to say, she does uh, seem hell-bent on bringing Crawley down. Yes. And I'm like, oh, that would that's really bad, Tori double tongue tied another thing i jotted down <laughs> we see that a little too closely with yeah. Pl- oh, yeah yeah this this had a lot of kind of gross stuff in it i that's we haven't had that and i don't think i like it in good omens i mm-hmm. can handle some disgusting stuff but Oh, the spider pooping out the Nazi flies mm-hmm. and the zombie stuff. I mean, I just, 
these these gross things were i mean I, we've always had the flies buzzing around beelzebub's head i guess we're right. not without anything kind of gross but right. uh, it just was it was laid on a little too thick i thought yeah yeah i would have thought you almost would have thought the whole episode was written by new people yes it's just it's such a standalone compared to the first three episodes that we've seen yes and of course, I really agree. A major departure from season one. Yes. Yes. Okay, so shall we leave hell? Let's leave hell. <laughs> the ladies of Camelot that we were gently hypothesizing last time might have been Mrs. Sandwich's girls. Who yeah. knows? Maybe there's still some showgirls or yeah. a cabaret yeah. in the modern era. But here is definitely the Ladies of Camelot sign and the costumes that are in the opening credits. Yeah. I loved how just taken Aziraphale was. And he's like, Sophocles, Shakespeare. <laughs> very excited about being around the theater. The theater. Uh, yeah, evidently you didn't pay too much attention to what was playing at the theater. <laughs> exactly. But, and I also, I was like, you know, they're just coming from a place that just got bombed. Is London really going to be lit up like that? I don't think so. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. But they're literally driving driving through fire yeah. on one side of London. Yeah. You'd think the entire place would be under air raid alarm and everybody would be down below. Right. right. <laughs> That's a really good point. I, I missed that, but I agree. Well, and I think London was blacked out a lot. I mean, yeah. most people had to have blackout curtains on their windows so i really doubt that we would have seen that tall building that was all lit up and i don't think the theater would have been all lit up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean they do such good job of bringing in details about history and and things like that and to do that i was like come on yeah oh well another thing that kind of threw me out of the episode <laughs> yes yes let's just let's just add it to the pile <laughs> We have a quick, again, switch back to hell mm-hmm. with the gross tongue thing. Ugh. Mm-hmm. And Furfur definitely seems on to something with these three Nazis and Aziraphale and Crawley. Mm-hmm. But then we're back up to the earth again. <laughs> and Crowley has screwed up the hooch delivery because the car was parked next to a bomb site. <laughs> <laughs> The magician's been arrested as a deserter, and Aziraphale can barely contain his excitement to volunteer to take his place. <laughs> he's, he's cute. I have to... He is. This prestidigitation, I was just like, oh my gosh, but you're so bad at it. I know this is <laughs> going to be cringy, and it was, but he's just so excited about it. He is. He's like a little child. He is. <laughs> I couldn't figure out why Crowley didn't just miracle the bottles back into being i couldn't either i really come on you know when you're moving a container full of glass bottles if they're all broken in there now and liquid is all over the place sloshing around so i i can't believe he opened it and was surprised to see they were all broken but yeah such as such it is Mm mm-hmm 
so then back to hell well just i did i do want to give him props i thought it was a good uh choice because they're really trying to keep this kind of pg right Mm -hmm. which we can tell with the way they're shooting the zombies eating brains but you can see it in this scene too when um mrs h or whatever i don't know what her full name is uh i don't think we ever find out what her full name is it's just mrs h when she starts to say i'm fucked yes piano starts off right when she starts to say it yes i liked that yeah it's like well that was a nice little choice that was a nice choice by the director (laughs) agreed but now we can leave the cabaret and go back to hell (laughs) okay for disgusting but i i once again saw the do not lick the walls sign i again don't know why anybody would be tempted to lick those walls yeah so here we learn the fates of the Nazis who are in hell, or mm-hmm. at least some of them, that they're mm-hmm. turned into Nazi-headed flies, eaten by a spider, pooped out, and it all happens over again. Yeah. Eternal gross. spider excrement. <laughs> gross, gross, gross. Yeah, it was. Very, again, though, very Monty Python-esque. Mm-hmm. So it's the second time we kind of see that within the episode itself true you know last time we saw it and we talked about how it was kind of weird if it was going to be just a one-off yes but clearly it's not a one-off so that's all i had for the in hell scene yeah not much going on there (laughs) (laughs) do you you think that the the female nazi looks like gillian anderson oh especially when she was playing scully with that short hair and Yes, I wouldn't have come up with it, but I can see some similarities. Yeah. At first I thought, I was like, I didn't know Gillian Anderson was in this. <laughs> oh, no. I, I did not think she looked that much like her. <laughs> Just me. And again, I've been listening to X-Files podcasts and watching X-Files episodes ah. here and there. So that's probably why. You've got Scully on the brain. Got Scully on the brain. So then the zombies arrive. They are sent back to Earth, and we get them. And, you know, this fart song was disgusting as well. Yeah, I think, again, low-hanging fruit. I don't want to sound elitist or anything, but it's just... Everything's been so sophisticated and smart up to this point, you know, with really clever language. And this just throws that off the window disgusting i just uh, i just was like give me some other drunken song i Mm -hmm. don't need to hear about someone farting out the national anthem or (laughs) god save the queen or i i don't know i just it was just gross it was just gross maybe they're just trying to tie it to the whole spider pooping out nazis thing i don't know okay okay i think you're i think you're really trying to stretch to make that work but i (laughs) i appreciate they both come from the same place so okay i just trying to find something to say about that scene because did you notice the dirty donkey filmed the uh the actual eating piece with just doing that as shadows on the wall i also appreciated that and i'm sorry you were asking me something and i just kept no i'm glad you did because yours was first and i agree i thought that was a great choice you really knew what was going on Mm -hmm. and it was almost even like 
yum, 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 yum. You know, they're, yeah. it, they were almost dainty about it in yes. some bits of it. And yeah. I thought that was well done. Yeah. What I said is just as they enter town, the dirty donkey is already in existence there. I did notice that. Yes. Yes. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. Why, when the zombies are in the dirty donkey, nobody notices that they're all bleeding and unwonky and grayish is another whole thing. (laughs) Well, you know, World War I is going on. People have other things they're worried about, I suppose. I did did appreciate and enjoyed that the guy said he was an expert lip reader. Mm -hmm. We think he is saying gibberish. The girl essentially calls him a dummy. Yeah. Dump cough or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the episode, we are rewarded with those are the magic words. And so that's exactly what Aziraphale said. Yeah, I I did appreciate that as well. I was when I when we get to it later in the episode, I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. They're actually coming back to this. Yes, I did. I did like that. I guess that makes more sense if magicians want to keep their secrets instead of everybody going alakazam <laughs> okay you just gave me a list. real <laughs> you just gave me a really good chuckle there uh, yeah if people don't know what the random words to make the spell work are going to be <laughs> yes but uh but 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 yeah then we're in the bookshop the magic shop oh wait okay i'm sorry do you had something to say in the bookshop go ahead i jumped all the way to the magic shop so um no in the bookshop uh you know he's like this is professor hoffman's modern magic oh that's actually a real thing did you look that up i didn't but i'm so glad you did yeah the professor hoffman is a pseudonym for a guy by the name of angelo john lewis who was actually a barrister Hmm. and and clearly a writer and he's been described as the most prolific and influential magic author and translator until modern times wow great find yeah and he did publish a book in 1876 called modern magic wow and it had everything in there about how to become a magician from performing sleight of hand tricks um, how you should dress, how you should speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, that book was evidently really successful and he didn't have to be a barrister anymore and he became a full-time writer. I love it. I love it. The first time I saw that, you know, it was a pseudonym. When I saw the word Angelo, my brain didn't see it as Angelo, but as yes. Angelo. And I'm like, why would they name him Anglo John Lewis? <laughs> <laughs> And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute, that's Angelo. Okay. Another little really British name there, Angelo. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, the other thing I have to say about that scene in the bookshop is like, what an odd American accent to choose. Oh, God. Bumpkin City. I agreed. I didn't. Okay. I said my line about it is, um, Crowley is not the best yank. <laughs> well, it's almost like an accent you would expect to have heard in like a little Abner movie yes. or something. And I and I couldn't remember if since it's 1941, did we 
have we already seen like those black and white movies with Ma and Pa Kettle? And so that's a good question because that I think really maybe harkens to that kind of accent. Okay. And I don't know when those movies came out. Ma and Pa Kettle movies. Let's see. Let's see what the Wikipedia has to say about it. That could be late 40s. It's the late 40s. So I don't know. There had to have been something earlier than that, though. I don't know. I keep saying I don't know. (laughs) Yes. Well, I didn't love it. I didn't, whatever it's uh, an homage to, I didn't, didn't, maybe, maybe I took some offense. (laughs) (laughs) We're not, we're not all like that, Crowley. Come on, come on over to the Americans. Though, of course, who did we see in 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 season one? Offerman playing this puffed up politician guy. So. Right. America's not coming out unscathed in this right. show. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But I did I did start to wonder. I was like, well, you know, so many probably young, poor men from America had probably enlisted in the army. Mm-hmm. Although 1941, we don't even get into it until the end of 41. God, that's absolutely right. I don't know. I'm confused. Why is he even talking about American GIs? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that that's weird. Now I've got even more questions. All right, but let's move on. Okay. Shall we move on to the magic shop? Yes. And the zombies are hot on the trail. <laughs> I didn't help but notice throughout all of these scenes, there's an awful lot of red. Okay. And even like Zarephel's clothing has a slight reddish tint to it the sets have a crap load of red in them and even and not just at the magic shop but even Aziraphale's shop looks really red everything's ah. kind of reddish and I don't know if that's supposed to represent you know this time was hell or right hell on earth I don't know it's just very red well that's kind of an interesting interpretation that this is maybe a time and a place where hell was really in the lead at the moment yeah yeah interesting curious curious Mm -hmm. curiouser and curiouser yeah i did think the snake in a can again it seemed low-hanging fruit and much more archie mcphee store than mm-hmm. the store that's supposed to cater to the professional conjurer. Totally agreed. I mean, the same shop that has the bullet catcher trick. Yeah. Granted, that one can is... And a Groucho Marx face yes. thing, that all, which is also very Archie McPhee. And would they have even yeah. had those in the 40s? And this proprietor is clearly not checking for magician cards at the door. <laughs> And so I do agree that though Aziraphale thought you had to be a card-holding magician, mm-hmm. it seems like they'll let anybody in to buy a joke canister or a joke ring or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Stuff that you would more associate with clowns yes, than magicians. 
And Aziraphale, oh my gosh, this klutziness. I mean, it was just over the top, both mm-hmm. here and when he's actually performing. It mm-hmm. was almost painful Yeah, how bad he was. Yes, yes. I did like it later when Crowley's like, can we put the uh, magician or magic trips tricks to bed now or something to that effect i was like please please don't give us any more for the rest of the season please i did look it up to see if that bullet catch trick was a real thing so did i proceed did you find out about the chinese fella i sure did i couldn't believe that i'm like man go ahead a real chinese fella far from it please please elaborate because i found this this was one of the most interesting things of the episode yes and again i really appreciate who's ever doing the research for their episodes whether it's the writers themselves or if they've got staff doing it kudos Mm because this is a totally random thing in 1918 an american magician whose name was William Ellsworth Robinson, but went by the stage name Cheng Lian Su, was actually killed doing this trick. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy cow, that is a real thing. And when you th- kind of threw that out there, right, that this Chinese, he sold it to a Chinese fellow years ago, and we found out he was killed. I was like, man, I bet that's got to be a real thing. Mm-hmm. Well, at first I thought it was a bit of a mistake because he was an American, but then he did die in London. That mm-hmm. trick was performed in London mm-hmm. and he was an American in yellow face. I mean, he really, he really went all the way with yeah. his Chinese persona. Different yeah. time, I suppose. Definitely. Well, I mean, this is also the time when they're doing blackface on stage and stuff like that. So very true not a surprise that somebody was doing yellow face yes yes and the just the other piece is with the 12 that have died uh did you look up anything about that about there being 12 incidences with this particular trick well i read that there were 12 but i didn't i was so hell-bent on trying to find out about this chinese fella yes that that's kind of what i focused on Well, there were also 12, and there is even a book called 12 Have Died. Whoa. That was written, I think it's in 1986. That's the date that I have written down that sort of elaborates the 12 incidences that are connected with this magic trick. Now, some of them apparently were hidden murders. I mean, it wasn't all the trick gone wrong, but they are all connected with this particular trick. Wow. That's, I, yeah, I wouldn't even think about trying a trick like that. I even saw, like, in some cases, the person, like, shoots it into their own mouth or something. I mean, oh. at that close of quarters. Anyway, I didn't want to get too much further into that. But they didn't all seem to be from a distance as we had with Crawley and fail. Well, I hope being in this episode doesn't encourage people to try it. Oh, God. Yes, me either. Crazy. I couldn't believe that David Blaine tried it and Penn and Teller. I did. Re- I do remember reading those na- those names. I was like, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So we learned that Aziraphale has a Derringer hidden in a book. And I just again, we have the angel in possession of a firearm and the demon has never shot a gun. 
<laughs> contradictions, contradictions. I bet that Derringer is going to come back, though, when the army of hell attacks. I love that. That could pay off. That could be a nice, well set. I, we need to remember that. That is, I would even put that down as a Tory prediction for <laughs> something that might, or is this going to be a Chekhov's, you know, this this should be a Chekhov's gun. If we've we've heard about this gun, it's got to go off in Act 5. <laughs> it has to at some point. I mean, it's just dropped in there. Yeah, it's like that's got to be an Easter egg. That's got to come back. I love it. We're on we're on Derringer watch. <laughs> I did I'm think I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead now to the please do to the uh dressing room. Mhm. And oh, I know, actually before we move on, one thing I really disliked about this whole scene was the camera shake. Oh. Did you notice it? I, I did not. Both times I watched it, there's just a slight tremor to the camera and I hated it. Could you elaborate a little bit in exactly what context? Was this when they were eating Goldstone or? No, this is, well, what did they have it in that scene? I'm not sure, but for sure when Aziraphale is on stage. I mean, that whole scene, there's a camera shake. Oh, I hate that. I didn't notice though. <laughs> it's 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 really slight. And I was thinking, well, it was almost like an unsteady cam instead of the steady cam. That's funny. But I really didn't like it at all. And I can't well, remember I if it's in any of the other scenes or not, but I really noticed it in that one. Okay. Well, since I did not even notice it myself, I cannot comment. Yeah, we'll move <laughs> on then. <laughs> What do you have down next? The, well, I, I mean, I like the line, the infernal code. Mm -hmm. And we learn, of course, that Furfur and Crowley were in the same legion. But there's <laughs> something that Stax says earlier in the episode that makes me think Furfur and Crowley were close in some manner. You mean Shax? Well, that Shax said that made me think. Yeah, Shax said it, but it made me yes. think that Crowley and Furfur we're like buddies or something. Yeah, and I don't know if Crawley is kind of doing it to tick Furfur off because Furfur's like, yeah, you told me to jump on your back and pretend I was a monkey or something. So it it did seem like odd with the details of Crawley's memory that he doesn't remember this. Mm. So maybe he was just trying to be like, you are so unimportant to me. I don't even remember you. Oh, I'm going be. to be like, I'm going to act like I don't remember you. That could be. That could be. What do you have about that scene? Anything? Let's see. I actually have already moved on to Aziraphale on stage, so I don't have anything else about that scene. Well, this scene is after Aziraphale's on stage. Oh, I'm this sorry. Maybe maybe that's why I couldn't find the note. Okay. <laughs> so I let's had see. moved okay. on. <laughs> okay, then I do have a bit of this. I thought it was funny when Aziraphale was looking for his volunteer and he asked, has anyone ever operated a firearm? And he's talking to an entire audience of people in the army. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. I did appreciate that. So, yes. And when they're, they both are realizing their magic doesn't work. Mm-hmm. 
And Crawley immediately starts reading the directions about the trick. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, shoot, we're going to have to do this old school. (laughs) And so, (laughs) you know, but Crawley does get into it because Aziraphale's like, okay, put this bullet in the gun. And Crawley does it. And then he joyously says, bullet loaded. (laughs) (laughs) So he's he's up there and he's hamming it up. I liked it. And... Crowley's yes. kind of really in the background in this whole episode. Yes. So I, I did like that he was a little bit more forward in this particular scene. Yeah, because after the trick is successful, he also kind of hoists up the rifle and pumps it a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> but wow, I with the trick, I I really, I mean, the Mrs. H and the Can-Can girls were incredible danger. They were right in the line of fire there. I did wonder if Mrs. H was going to uh, be killed. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess Crowley aimed well enough away. <laughs> oh, that was, a, I, I mean, and I did not love this scene with, you noticed the camera shake. I was just cringing at how bad Aziraphale was <laughs> at this whole thing it yeah. just it that was just painful so anyway it was very painful could you imagine okay. being in the audience and having to sit through that oh jeez <laughs> bring on the can can girls you know i mean i just <laughs> it was that bad that when aziraphale was kind of like fitting out the the bullet that it actually came out point first oh i did not and it should have come out with the flat end of the bullet because that's how it would have gone in. Oh my gosh, of course. That's a good catch. I mean, of course, it's not the same bullet, right? I mean, he's got another bullet in his mouth and right. that's what he spits out. Right. But that, uh, yes, that that's a bit of a an error, shall we say. <laughs> What's he twisting around like a cherry stem in there? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, so now I will jump to the... I hadn't realized you'd skipped the whole trick. Oh, yeah. So now we'll jump to the dressing room scene. And that, yes, so now I have Crawley doesn't remember Furfur, even though they were in the war together. And for once, Aziraphale succeeds with his sleight of hand. And as he says later, at least it worked when he needed it to. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, did you, were you curious? So the zombies were granted their reprieve of not having to go to hell, mm-hmm. but they still needed to stay zombies for yeah. the rest of time. Do yeah. you think they're going to appear in the present? I don't know. That would be quite old zombies at that point. <laughs> If I they, sure hope not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be odd. Yes. But who knows? Did you notice after the arm fell off of the Mark Gattis zombie? Yes. That the fingers were still moving? Yes. That he pointed? Yeah. Yes. Great. Yes. I did. I did like that. Yeah. So there were a few moments in the, in the, in the episode that were good, that were good, but overall still yeah yeah we're really trying to put a silver lining on things <laughs> so hell yes yes we are and he gets he, i mean before going to court dude 
Yeah. He gets his audience in front of this dark council. Mm-hmm. I still don't get why Shax was trying to it's like set up for fur. Do you think she was trying to set him up? I mean, I thought she wanted him to be successful so then he would he would owe her a favor sometime down the road. I really well, I should say I did think that she was trying to set him up, but I couldn't it was it just to get this favor? I mean, what kind of favor? Uh I it's confusing to me the whole interaction. I hear you. I I I really thought her motivation was against Crawley. And this was just another way to try to get Crawley. And it failed, but it didn't blow up in her face. Right. She had, it blew up in somebody else's face. And maybe she relished it because she's just sort of a dark individual. But I didn't think her motivation was to set Furfur up. Ah, okay. Well, I hope in either episode five or episode six, we find out why Stax is so, I've said it several times this episode already, hell-bent on bringing Crowley down agreed agreed don't explain that whoa that's that would be bad I think a loophole that doesn't get tied up yes yeah I agree all right do you have anything else about the dark council meeting there no okay so then we return to the to Aziraphale and Crowley right Mm mm-hmm the breeder was right. <laughs> His magic words. Yes. And so remember the bit where they're talking about the shades of gray? Yes. And Crowley's like very dark shades of gray and Azaraphale's like very light shades of gray. Mm-hmm. I couldn't help but think about the pub owner referring to the fact that somebody of the Masons either either gabriel or the other person was wearing gray Hmm. anyway i just that crossed my mind two mentions of gray so anyway Hmm. i'm still sticking to my god wearing gabriel talking to satan (laughs) (laughs) outlandish tinfoil hat theory (laughs) i hope it's one of those things (laughs) that we (laughs) talked about you know (laughs) yes that would be nice. But I did, I appreciated the conversation about Shades of Grey because we've talked about how Aziraphale often can't see those or like the whole angelic legion can't see these Shades of Grey. Totally. Totally. Agreed. Okay. I, I appreciated the conversation, even if it doesn't connect to a gray suit. <laughs> that is not a connection I made, but thank you for yeah. pointing it out. It would be cool well, if they actually do that. It's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're back down in hell where Shaxx, man, that woman can speak fast. She can with such amazing enunciation. Hats off. Yeah. I mean, as we know from this podcast, I'm often stumbling around on my words. I don't think I could have ripped that out that well. <laughs> Me as well. <laughs> Pass off to Miranda Richardson. Oh, she's fantastic. So I'm glad they brought her back, even though the continuity from season one to season two is a little weird. (laughs) And boy, wonder if we're going to have this demon invasion during the meeting of the neighborhood of shop owners at Azurafales. (laughs) 
I actually wrote down in my notes, obviously the demon army will attack during the meeting. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And I was wondering, you know, we see the Bentley respond to a voice command. So I wondered, well, is that going to come into play during oh, I the, love the wave after wave of demons that Shax is going to throw at the bookstore? I love that. And did you maybe even get the sense that the car kind of liked Aziraphale? Like it was a little puppy kind of following him a oh. little further. And Aziraphale was like, no, now you go back to where I parked you. <laughs> well, I'm sure Aziraphale treats the Bentley better. <laughs> yeah. Because with the plants in the backseat, I'm sure the Bentley's hearing all sorts of vile things being said. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. My next note is Nina's text from Lindsay. Oh, yeah. Just in just in case any of you dear listeners did not freeze and look at what the note said, it said, if you had any self-respect, you would not have left this morning. I had a lot more to say. I cannot believe how self-centered you are. What is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. I feel really bad for Dina. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yet I'm still, why are we being clued in on all of this? This why? has to pay off. It and something make I don't know, something about that note made me feel like Lindsay never leaves home. Hmm. Like she's not human and stuck there or, oh my gosh, could she be the other zombie? Could she be the female zombie? <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> Let's hope not. But this, this, you left. I had a lot more to say. Almost like this person couldn't have followed Nina. She was stuck there. Or mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But just something about that phrasing and that she was home the other night just waiting for Lindsay. Like, like, can this other person leave the house? Hmm. Well, that's that's a good question. We'll see. And again, I hope we find out the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Just bad stuff. But clearly a very toxic relationship here, yeah. no matter what the other player is all about. Yes. Yes. Well, I really don't have anything else for well this episode. All I want to say is Aziraphale is hiding the interaction with Shax from Crowley, and Crowley is hiding Jim's trance from Aziraphale. So mm -hmm. they both kind of have something major that happened that they're not sharing with the other person. That is true. I didn't think about that. So, yeah, that's that's all I wanted to say. And clearly we have the setup for the big neighborhood meeting. With legions of hell unleashed on yes. earth i'm i'm really hoping episode five is good i i'm a little down about i'm a little down about it <laughs> <laughs> but i'm ready for the next one so here here we go two more episodes to go and that's all we've got yeah so all we gotta do is say bye thanks for listening Wallowing in the Shallows is created and produced by the both of us. Edited by Mo. The soundtrack for the Wallowing in the Shallows, Good Omen Season 2 Chat, is Dmitri Shostakovich, Jazz Suite Number 2, Waltz Number 2, from the Internet Archive at archive.org.
you can send us feedback at witstvpod at gmail.com. That's W-I-T-S-T-V-P-O-D at gmail.com. Subscribe. And then subscribe. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Like and subscribe.